Good afternoon and welcome to the Crossroads Leaders Podcast. Today is Friday. Uh, this is the 14th of May and uh, man, it's crazy how fast this season has gone by. I hope that uh, you guys have been having some good discussions and uh, some in- incredible time with the people that you minister to. Uh, thank you so much for being a leader at Crossroads. It, it really does mean a ton to us and uh, you guys should have gotten an email uh, Probably a lot of you got an email this week regarding a leadership dinner we're having on the 6th of June. And so if you could do us a favor and uh, go ahead and sign up for that, click on that link that was sent to you. And if you didn't get it, let me know and uh, I'll make sure that uh, we get you on the list. But uh, that is going to be a big night for, for Crossroads just to talk a little bit about future and talk a little bit about what's going on um, this summer. And I hope that, uh, again, I think that's something that every every leader at Crossroads that calls themselves a leader uh, needs to be a part of. Uh, if you and your spouse can make it, uh, then make it be a part of that great night uh, to uh, celebrating together some things that God has done during this time and uh, look towards uh, the future. So, but today is Friday and hopefully, hopefully you've had a great week and uh, this uh, coming Sunday, Pastor will be back in Hebrews, in uh, Hebrews 9 to be exact. And he's going to cover, uh, I think he's going to cover the entire chapter. Uh, but uh, I hope that you come prepared to learn something and learn something new that maybe you didn't know before. Um, I know sometimes when you go through some of these texts, this, this week in particular, um, you know, there's a lot of like historical information that is shared. And uh, I don't know about you, but I love those sort of things because I learn, I learn a little bit about God in the process and I learn... Uh, usually some things that I didn't know before. So hopefully uh, you will tune in, you will lean in, and you will take some good notes and prepare to uh, just let God do some some growth in your life, in your heart, uh, from the message on Sunday. So let's just kind of dive in. Uh, the title of the sermon is How to Have a Clear Conscience. And as you listen to the sermon, you're going you're gonna to realize that uh, you're going to be like, man, what's he talking about? What's he talking about? You just got to wait for it. Uh, he will absolutely get to the conscience and all those sort of things as he goes throughout his message. So don't miss it. Lean in and make sure you're really paying attention. So uh, getting started, those are, those. that's a pretty standard question we have almost every week. What did you learn from the message you didn't know before? Uh, have some fun with that. Hopefully you've taken some notes on something that maybe you, you didn't know before and that you can kind of bring to the table to your group. I do this leader's guide just probably a little bit different than what was done before. Uh, I try not to put too many canned answers in there just because I think that uh, I think you guys uh, uh, oftentimes I think the best discussions come out of whatever God has already kind of shown you in the text and um, and so I hope that uh, hope that you appreciate that. Uh, I do that purposely uh, just because I as a leader I don't if, 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 if a response is there oftentimes I'm just going to read it uh, but, uh, but as a leader, I hope that you're doing your own personal study as well through the text that we read and you're answering those questions for yourself, uh, because I think that brings the best to your group experience. So number two under getting started says there are times in our life that we've all felt guilty for something that we have done. What are some ways people try to overcome their feelings of guilt and shame? Again, this question is just trying to kind of, kind of getting into this whole idea of, when, when we have a conscience, oftentimes our, our, our minds think about that. We feel guilty. We feel shame. Uh, often that comes from having a guilty, what we hear people say all the time, you have a guilty conscience. Okay. A uh, couple of things I wrote down there 
People attempt to overcome their guilt and their shame by turning to drugs, alcohol, addiction. You can kind of fill, fill in the blank. You know, sometimes people try to overcome it by, by eating. Um, we stress eat. We do all those sort of things because, again, guilt and shame oftentimes comes with stress. Uh, again, y'all fill in the blank. Enjoy that discussion. I think that's something that, that's good for all of us to talk about. Uh, I also wrote down there, others, others try to overcome those feelings by staying busy and avoiding people so that they don't really have to deal with the real problem. Um, and I do believe that's true, too. So uh, as you kind of navigate that question, have fun with it. Don't make it personal. Um, uh, don't, don't pinpoint someone. How do you do it? How do you do it? I just think it's a good discussion to have about how do, how do people in general deal with having a, a feeling of guilty, uh, guilty feeling or guilty conscience um, or having to feel that shame that oftentimes comes when we've done something that we shouldn't have done. Okay. Uh, digging deeper. Number one, let's just kind of move right along. I won't spend too, too long on the podcast today, but I want to walk through a couple of these things. Digging deep. Number one says, read Romans eight, one. How does this verse apply to our conscience? And then what does first John one nine say about this? And I'll just kind of read these two because I do think this is, there's something to it. Uh, Romans eight, one says there is uh, there, there is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. First John 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So, how does that verse apply to our conscience? Well, as Roman, Romans 8.1 says, There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. But oftentimes what happens, even, even those of us who are believers, um, tend to have a guilty conscience over something that we've done. But I believe so much of that is true uh, as it relates to verse John 1, 9, because we don't confess our sins. Uh, and so we don't feel that. And so when we've wronged someone or someone's wronged us, it creates a separation. Uh, and so I hope that uh, that connection between those two verses will make sense to you. Um, if it's confusing to the people in your group, just kind of talk through it. Uh, read those verses again. But I've underlined First John 1, 9 that I think will hopefully help you understand. The key is, if we confess our sins, He, being God, is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So I underlined a few key words there that I think will hopefully help you understand um, understand what it means uh, to to have, uh, how that relates to our conscience, excuse me. Uh, number two, I'm not going to go into that too much. Uh, it says read, read, read the following verses. I'm not going to read those here on the podcast, but what are the benefits Jesus offers us in the new covenant? We talked a little bit about that a couple weeks ago uh, when we talked about the, the difference between the old covenant and the new covenant. And these verses are a little bit different, but uh, but read those verses because I do. they're kind of specific to what where I want us to go. Um, and the, the final question there at the bottom says, should these verses give us hope when we feel like we're failures, frustrated with the direction of our lives? The answer to that is absolutely yes. Yes, these verses should give us hope. Now I want you to take a few moments and explain why each one in that group, everybody in the group feels that way. Uh, why do those verses um, provide hope? Uh, in different seasons of our life, okay? So spend a little time, that, that very last question is really the explain part is what I want y'all to kind of stop on and spend some time talking about because 
uh, it's important to read those verses and understand why is it that these verses provide hope for us, okay? Take the time. How does that apply to your life? Okay, number three. Uh, besides the, t the tabernacle and the temple, which pastor will be talking about in his message on Sunday, what are some of the other symbols in the Bible that point to Jesus? Okay, question mark. That's a very open question. I went ahead and put some, some things in here that I think might be helpful to you as you go through that. Because some people, we know this for a fact, people show up on Sundays, they're even in our connect groups, uh, they're in our lives. They show up on Sundays, and that's the only time during the week that they study God's Word. Uh, so uh, I know this question could be a little bit of a challenge for some people. So I, put, I went ahead and put some, put some uh, responses in there. One question that you could actually ask before you ask that one that might be a little bit of fun is you could, you could have some fun by saying, what are some other symbols that we have in our world today? So kind of get people talking about and thinking about symbols. And what, and what, we, what we put in there was wedding rings are a symbol of marriage. The cross is, is, is a symbol or symbolic of being a Christian or the work of Christ. Birthstones are symbolic of our children or the year that we were born. And I, I, that may, what made me think about that was was uh, Mother's Day. We just came out of how many, you know, a, lot, a lot of moms are given a ring or a necklace or something that has their child's birthstone in it um, uh, as a reminder, symbolic of the year that they were born. Okay, the American flag is symbolic of our country and those who fought to defend it. We can go on and on. There's lots of things that are symbolic. Okay, uh, oftentimes our, our, our uh, a mansion could could be symbolic of someone having money or nice cars. I mean, you could you can really have some fun with that question. So, take some time and do that before you really get into the Bible stuff. Enjoy that that section. Uh, but symbols in the Bible, I went ahead and put some down here. So uh, they're in, included in 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 the notes here, but they're not limited to this because there's there's some others. Uh, in the Old Testament, the lamb caught in the thicket. That's when Isaac was being taken to the altar right before. Abraham sacrificed him. Genesis 22, verse 13 points to Jesus. Okay, It is a foreshadowing of, of the lamb that God provided so that Isaac would not have to be sacrificed on the altar. Okay, The tabernacle, Exodus 25, verse 8. The Passover, uh, not just the Passover feast, that really wasn't what, I, what we're getting at here, but, the, but when the, the blood of the lamb was put over the doorpost, and that's found in Exodus Chapter 12, 7 through 13, okay? There are plenty others. Um, one of the ones that I thought of was, was the stones in Gilgal. Um, I mean, you could you can come up with a bunch of different ones uh, that point in our, in our foreshadowing of, of, of Christ's coming. Uh, so just think about that, okay? But I gave you some there that, that you might think of. Uh, and if you're doing a little research, you might Google search. What are some Old Testament uh, symbols that point to Jesus, and you'll probably find a bunch of those, some of the ones I've already listed here, but you'll probably find some other ones too, okay? The New Testament, what are some symbols that point to Jesus? Baptism by immersion. Romans 6, 3 through, three through 6, that's a good one. Communion is a symbol that points to Jesus. 1 Corinthians 11, 23 through 32, it's probably a little more than you need there, but but you can kind of read through that. Uh, and, and get the exact verses, uh, but that gives you the whole section. And then the empty tomb, Mark 16, 6. Okay, um, again, there are plenty others uh, in the New Testament that, that 
that we have that are symbolic of of Christ and pointing towards Him. Okay, so spend some time on that first part of the question. What are some what are some what are some ways and some symbols that we have in our world today? Talk about those now. What are some symbols um, in the Bible that point to Jesus? Okay. So on the back side, um, how can a guilty conscience hold us back? So again, title of the message is how to have a clear conscience. Now that we've kind of heard this, heard the message, talked a little bit about it, how can a guilty conscience hold us back? Question number one under one. And question one B is how does a clear conscience free us to live with purpose and passion? Let me just address uh, the first question. How can a guilty conscience hold us back? And you'll see it in the notes there on your, on your leader's guide. A guilty conscience can paralyze us to the point that we can't move forward in life. It can also alter our attitude where we hate ourselves or possibly even worse, hate others. Okay. Uh, oftentimes you see that come out when, you know, the old statement is true. Hurt people hurt people. Um, I believe that. And I believe it's because they, they're dealing with something. They have a, a guilty conscience or they've, they feel guilt or they feel shame. And they felt that way for years, and and now it's coming out in the way that they treat other people. So uh, that's the first part of the question. So how does a clear conscience free us to live with purpose and passion? Uh, a free conscience frees us to accomplish all that God desires for us. First of all, it also means that our minds have been renewed. You know, there's that verse that says we we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Okay, it also helps us. Uh, helps us understand that our past do not have to define who we are. Because at the end of the day, we are defined by His grace and His mercy. And so I just would encourage you to, to, to really talk through that question. I think it's a great question. I think it's great for discussion. And hopefully is great for, for us to realize that I love that last part that, that, that um, the team here and I came up with when it comes to uh, what should be in leadership. The reality is... A clear, having a clear conscience as it relates to what Pastor talked about on Sunday, um, we need to realize that it doesn't, whatever we've done does not ever have to define who we are because we are defined by the blood of Jesus and defined by his grace. Okay? Last question. First Thessalonians 5.11 says, Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up. How can we encourage each other or others to apply what we learned this week as it relates to having a clear conscience. I hope that, uh, I hope that uh, you guys have great discussion through this. Uh, I hope that uh, uh, you're, you're, you show up to church on Sunday ready to learn and learn something new. Uh, and um, I think it'll be a great thing for you and your group. Uh, there's only two more weeks left this week and the following week. Uh, and then we'll be on break for the summer. Um, We'll probably send some things out next week, or I'll, I'll remind you guys of, of, of where the um, the um, the questionnaire, the survey we do at the end. Um, we'd love to get your feedback, feedback forms. Uh, we'd love to get your feedback on on how your group went this week, this 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 season, um, challenges that you might have faced, um, and and with some wins and some testimonies. I know it's just, I know it's a weird time, and uh, I know things are getting better every every day. It seems like uh, there's more positive news coming out uh, from our media, which hasn't been the case, but it's starting to look that way. And so I hope that that's encouraging to you. 
Um, we hope that you're able to come to church. Um, it's it's a it's an exciting time. Uh, people are coming back every week, and uh, we're still seeing people each and every week give their life to the Lord and be baptized, and that's been a pretty awesome thing as well. So I, I hope that um, I hope that you're you're doing that too. Uh, if you have questions about anything that that we talk about in Leaders Guide or anything that that came up on Sunday or throughout the week, uh, whatever I can do to help you, uh, I'll do my very best. Uh, and that's my promise to you. Uh, we're so thankful for y'all again uh, for your service and your servant's heart to to really love and minister to people. Uh, I really do appreciate that. It means a ton to to us here at Crossroads. And like I said before, we could not do what we do without you guys. So uh, keep up the good work. Um, keep encouraging your folks. I know attendance can be spotty at times, uh, and people, you know, hey, I can make it. I can make it. No big deal. Just Love them, encourage them, pray for them. And if there's something serious going on with somebody and you, you want to let us know, we'd love to hear about that so we can pray for them too. But uh, God bless y'all. Have an awesome, awesome weekend. Um, I hope to see you at church. And uh, it, it, it's, it's, it's fun to be on the podcast with you guys. Um, if I've never met you, uh, which I'm sure I've met most of you, but uh, if I haven't, um, come by and see me sometime. I'm always down front at decision time. I'm always in the hallway by the trains over by Crossroads Station, after services, and in between. And I would love to connect with you and help you in any way I can. God bless you all. Have a great day.